and I like, what is up, wholesale Tamir family? Today, dude, I'm bringing on this beast. He needs no introduction. But man, if you don't know who he is, and you're telling me you're in the real estate game, man, you must be living on the rock because this guy, freaking beast mode, all right? Talk about building generation wealth. I'm bringing you guys on the one and the only, all right, type. He's going to show you how to make 100000 net net a month in passive income through real estate Todd, what up player yo 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 what up everybody Dude, how y'all doing up today man man Let's get first this on off, the road, baby yeah <laughs> so before before we actually started this uh touch, touch he showed me a text message he's about to get his f8 360 g holy smoke <laughs> Man, I was fired up after I saw that text, man. But uh, anyways, Tut, welcome, man. Hey, thank you so much for taking time uh, uh, to give back to the people and obviously show them how to build gen generation wealth, man. Yep. Yep. I love it, baby. This is what we're all about. So, Tut, just to start out, man, for those of you who don't know your amazing story, dude, yep. um, listen, if you guys, I don't care what your excuses, after you hear my man's story, bro, all that excuses go to the toilet. So, Tut. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I was born in 1970. In 1975, um, you know, my dad, he was a translator for the U.S. Um, 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 uh, service in Vietnam. And he got word that the Vietnamese communists is taking over South Vietnam in two days. And so the troops are pulling out. And his boss said, you should go and get your family and leave with us. Otherwise, if you stay and you get captured, then they're probably going to kill you. And, and um, you know, all your family members are going to go, uh, uh, um, probably going to die with you. So my dad called my mom and said, hey, the U.S. is pulling out. We got to leave with them. Otherwise, we're going to die. So my mom was 29. My dad was 34. And I have four brothers. And my mom was pregnant with my sister. So there's basically six of us. And my dad came home. And uh, picked us up, and we left with one suitcase and a hundred dollars, and we left um, on the last plane. We had no idea where we're gonna land in the United States, where we're gonna live. We just figure that we're gonna actually make it happen. What's interesting is that as I think about these stories all the time, Kong is like, sometimes the pain of living in the same spot mm. or being complacent being broke or in my mom and dad's case could be killed that pain is more painful than the pain of leaving and not knowing where it's going to end up so it's less of a pain to actually for my dad to leave and figure out how we're going to figure out where we're going to live and how to make it happen the pain of staying back and dying is worse Ooh. and so i thought about that kong is so many people you and i know are sick and tired of being in the same spot, sick and tired of being broke, sick and tired of not having anything, but they fear of what if I actually do it? What if I actually fail? Well, the failure of trying something new is way, is less of a pain than the pain of staying still and suffering. Mm. And so that's something that came to me here recently when I thought about that. And then we came over here in 1975, we lived in a homeless shelter and we lived there for about three, four months. 
And then we actually found a small little two-bedroom, one-bathroom rental in Rainier Valley in Seattle. And my dad uh, um, made it work. He was a social worker. And uh, my mom worked at a, a factory. And they worked pretty much, you know, 50 hours a week to just help, you know, take care of the kids. And again, here's another thought that came to me. How much our parent is willing to go and sacrifice for themselves and their kids to actually make it happen. I always ask people, how much are you sacrificing truly for yourself or your kids or the next generation coming up? And if you're not sacrificing, like how my mom and dad sacrificed, then really, how bad do you really want it? Or are you just complaining to complain? Mm, man, so good. So, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, with the whole uh, immigrant, you know, um, my family, we came over here when I was nine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of immigrants, we, we grew up with that work ethic. You, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I remember how back then, um, you know, how poor we were. So when when we came over here, you know, making six dollars an hour to us, that's a good. lot. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was really good. So my so my mom and dad, you know, they do anything. They do anything and everything, you right. know, clean toilet, be a janitor, work for rest. Like they work a lot for because right. to them, like the money that comes in, it's just way more what that they compare when we're back in our country. That's right. And for people here in America now, they, especially they get picky. They're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I, I'm yeah. too good. And uh, they stay at home and get the, uh, uh, yeah, the stimulus check. check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you, I thought about this a lot too. Kong is the United States people are spoiled, mm. and um, and uh, they're soft, especially the kids coming up. They don't understand the value of money. Mm. Um, they don't have the grit in them um they they're they're the united states or the parents are making the kids not learning on their own and making them what i call soft spoil and again no grit and this is why i'm a big big advocate on not making it easy for my kids i don't want to hand anything to them my kids already know and I told this to them out loud. When mommy and daddy pass away, we're not going to give you all of our money. We're going to give you a small percentage of our money. And then the rest of it, we're going to take the money and we're probably going to create some kind of a, you know, good charitable thing where we can make a difference to the world. Mm, wow. So if you don't find a way how to make money by the time I'm dead, Russell Hudson, you don't deserve my money anyways. And so I don't want to make it easy for them because again, I want them to learn how to fish versus waiting for the fish to be handed to them. And I think most of the kids in the United States these days, right, who had it had it easy in others, their parents are handling the fish. So they have no reason to get up and go do something Oof. at all. Man, bro, total one hundred percent um agree, man. And um, you know. For those of you who don't really know uh, Man Type Man, I get a chance to spend with him when we're in California, just that short one hour, one and a half hour walk that we did. Uh, 
you know, my my wife, what she loves, and me too. What I love about your your business model, Todd, bro, it's just simplicity. Because I know that you have been through so much, yes. you know, and a lot of people have never gone through enough That's to right. understand what it is. That's right. So. Man, right. I love the simplicity. His him is all about building a lean, mean machine. That's it's it. all about profit, baby. That's it. Profit, <laughs> profit, profit, profit. And uh, you know, and uh, a lot of you don't understand. Sometimes bigger is not always better because no. it all really comes down to how much money you actually take home. I'm a big believer now. After doing this for thirty plus years, there is value in time. There is value in. Um, peace of mind, there's value in balance, right? And there's value in making money. People might, I there might be people out there that make $5 million a year. Let's use that number, for example. But their schedule is they're always on the road. They're never with their family. They're never with their kids. They don't work out. They don't meditate, right? They grind basically all their life to make money, but then there's no, there's no balance. And then they have a big staff. They have big overhead, right? My overhead is zero. I My office is my house, you guys. This is my house, right? This is my office. This is inside my house, and this is my office. Right? I do all my work right here. That's it, okay? And my house is free and clear. And I have me, my wife, one assistant and one social media person. That's my whole entire operation. And uh, I build, I buy single family home. I build townhouses. I build apartment building all basically on this simple, simple way. And I do all my social media. Miss, somebody asked me the other day, Kong, on a panel, how big is your social media team? How much money do you spend? Did I say my social media team is me, Lorenz, <laughs> and the cell phone? Everything is done up. I shoot on the cell phone and we edit on the cell phone. And then the budget is zero dollar. Oh, <clears throat> you guys. Listen, you know, when I first, you know, when I first got into the game of, you know, entrepreneurship, especially uh, getting into the whole real estate game, man, I always thought, um, you know, being busy is important. Yeah. Being busy <laughs> means that you make a lot of money. That's right. So when I got into the whole fix and flip game, man, uh, because of my mentor. So I got a mentor. Right. Dude, he was exactly what you said. But right. I guess he was he was constantly, just constantly on the phone, working all the time, doing a bunch of deals and things like that. But same thing. There's no balance. You know, he was just, just grinding every day, 14. I seen him wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. He doesn't end his schedule until 10, 11 p.m., but once again, when I first started, I thought, you know, being busy means you're important, number Absolutely. one. And because at that time, I didn't feel important, right? right? Because I was not like successful, wasn't feel important. And then, I, I, and then obviously, big team. I thought you have to have a big team right. to make a lot of money. That's right. Right? So, I, I, I you know, I, I buy into the whole big office space, That's big right. team, things like that. Um, and, and, what I ahead. realized, Kong, again, see, the thing about it is this. I'm 52 years old. I already gone through the big team and then realized it's about efficiency. Mm. I realized it's not about how much you gross, it's about how much you net. So you notice 
that it's only the people who are older who already gone through it and realize that the problem is so many people that's coming up today are young. Mm. And what happened, they get caught seeing when they go to seminar, there's other young guys doing 5 million and they all quote their gross. Some of them, some of them quote their gross sales. They did. Oh yeah. You know, we bought $60 million, $50 million with the property. If I was quoting my sale, this apart my apartment building that I do, it'd be $200 million in sale. But this cause it, it, it's the sales. It's like real estate agent like to quote sales. And then the next thing they like to quote is quote gross, but no one, no one quote net, right? Mm. So what I, I would say to all the people listening is if you're going to find a mentor, find a men, first find a, a, a main, a main mentor that where you want to be at 20, 30 years from now, because then that that's the mentor you want to see that that's the lifestyle you want to have and you want to emanate and then find a mentor that has ideas and structure and system, how to get you there. That is efficient, profitable is the key. So I like to share my life to show people I can make a lot of money. I can have a small team and I can kill it. Okay. And then the question is who you want also has a mentor on your way there. To me, I'm not a big believer on flipping houses to create earn income. Mm. I would rather have someone if someone had a deal where it thinks uh, you can make 50 grand on the 60 grand on the flip, right? Or you can wholesale for 30, 35, take the wholesale fee. If you're going to actually pick up a hammer and flip anything, it should be something you're going to fix and hold. And then if that wholesale all of it, and then if it's a good deal and you're going to rehab it, rehab to hold. That's the only time you should flip uh, and rehab. Otherwise, you're just taking too much risk for not enough money and to take up mental space. Woo, man. Uh, you guys, honestly, this is, this is coming from the bottom of my heart. I wish I would have discovered Tut when I first started my real estate journey. It would have saved me freaking four years yeah. of headaches and stress. Yeah. Um, where I almost lost everything. Right. So what Tut just said right there, man, is, is so gold. Um, because I think a lot of you that are trying to get into the game, like you basically don't have the laser focus on what you need to do to actually build wealth. So Todd, let's, um, let's get into, so for those that are starting out, yep. how, how do they start building that passive income to get yep. to that six figure plus a month net, bro? Net. Right. I, I'm not talking about gross. All right. I'm talking about hundred G's coming in every single month into your mailbox where you don't have to do anything. This is the man. So first of all, you have to start off with, the end game. You got to start with the end in mind. Okay. I'm going to just write down this Kong and then you can, you can post this for them on this roadmap to wealth. The first thing is you got to learn about how to find deals, how to evaluate it. Okay. And if you don't have money, you wholesale all that. Okay. You got to learn the knowledge of real estate, how to find deals, how to find the good deal you're going to keep, how to evaluate. And if you don't have the money, you wholesale. Once you learn it, you got to take consistent action because knowledge without action is empty. 
once you take action and you learn how to find good deal, deal where you can get 10, 20, 30% margin after, you know, you rehab it. At the beginning, you wholesale, you stack your money. Okay. Cause you got to get money to buy. Now, once you got money, you still will find those same deal. Now you got credit, you got income. Now you start to phase one, accumulate the number of property you need. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And then after you get enough property, then the second stage of owner rental is you pay it, you pay it off. Okay. Now I always tell people, this is what someone taught me. You gotta have a destination where you're going. If you have no destination, then you're gonna be always be chasing after the next shiny object. Oh yeah, I want to do some of that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do some of that. Cause the end game, everybody, is this: nobody want rental to own rental. People want to own rental so they can have passive income, because passive income is what's going to give them more of what they want to experience in life. So nobody want rental to own rental. Nobody want passive income to have passive income. What they want is they want rental and passive income so it can give them more of what they want to do if they didn't have to work, which is spend more time with your family when they're still alive. I saw the picture you posted about your dad, right? My dad passed away from cancer. And when I had the money, right? I used to take my mom and dad on an annual trip with all my brother and sister, all expense paid by me. So when my dad died from cancer, I felt sad, but I also gave my dad an experience of a lifetime before he left. I remember Kong, we was in Hawaii, all my brother and sister, and it was me and my dad walking down the beach. And my dad saw my brother and sister, everybody playing on the beach. And my dad said to me, you know, if it wasn't for you, none of us would have this extravagant experience. So again, we don't want to own rental to own rental. We don't want to have passive income to have passive income. We want it so it can give us more of what? Experience. So you got to think about what's experience do you want to have when you got to get older, like my age. Okay. So then you ask yourself, how much money do you need every single month to have a comfortable lifestyle that give you those experience? So let's just say someone said, you know what? I like to have even 20 grand a month in passive income. And if my house and everything is paid off, I have 20 grand a month tax free. It just comes in every month. You know, you know what I mean? When you flip, you got to pay tax, right? You got to pay what I call, you know, uh, 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 earn income tax, right? But when you own rental, you don't have to pay those type of tax, right? So let's say the average rent is three grand. And if you want 20,000, you need to accumulate seven houses and then pay them off. So if you think about it, Kong, even you, if, if all of us have 20 grand a month and you debt free, you that's 250 grand a year debt free. You can live an amazing lifestyle. Yep. So when people on state talk about, oh yeah, we own 500 doors, a thousand door. You don't need 100, 500 door. You don't need a thousand door. Yep. And matter of fact, most of them don't even own the 500. It's a syndication. Mm -hmm. They own 10% of that 
that fun that they actually own in that. So when people on stage talk about, I own 500 door, I always say to them, do you own 100% of 500 door or you own a percentage of that syndication? And most of them own maybe 10 to 20% of the syndication. But the bad part about this, Kong, is they're responsible for the 100 door or the 500 door, but they only own 10, 20% of that. So I would rather own 100% of the 100 doors and get 100% of that than own 500 doors, have the headache of owning 500 door, but only really own 10% of the 500 doors. Man. See, that's the shit while people on stage talking that got people all twisted up, chasing out there, you want a 500 door, you don't need 500 door. If you had 20, if you had seven door paid off, you got 21,000 for the rest of your life. That's how simple the game is. My goal when I was 27 years old was to have 25 grand. I focused on getting enough houses. I made money from selling real estate, wholesaling, and I bought my first house in 1997 for 105. And I own it today still, and it's paid off. Okay. So my goal is to actually make money and bought one property, two property. When I got to 21, 25,000, I stopped and I paid it off. I had all that accomplished by the time I was 40 years old. Ooh. Now I'm debt free. I have 21,000. Now, Kong, I want to increase my past income and I'm playing the game for the fun of it. Not because there's a gun in the back of my head saying you got to work longer and harder. So from the point of 25 and above till the 100,000, it came in faster. You know why? Because we're not attached. Because mm -hmm. we're having fun. We're playing Monopoly for the fun of playing Monopoly. <sighs> so the first stage, everybody, is to figure out how many doors you need to live a comfortable life. What's your average rent? Focus on accumulating the number of doors. Get it paid off so you can get out of the rat race. That's the whole key is to get out of the rat race so you can have more experience. And then if you want to do more after that, do it after it's paid off. Then go do more. Because if you do that, you can have abundance, you can have balance, you can have peace of mind, and you can have time. You got, man. <sighs> Once again, I honestly wish that when I first started, man, I, I, I heard these, like, I heard what Todd just said. You know, being when i first come out same thing tight i was chasing numbers of doors yeah. i i wasn't focused on the paying off i wasn't focused on net because it sounds sexy to say hey i own 100 rentals i own 500 rentals um right. hey that's the same thing karma you and i were talking about it looks sexy to flex yeah. that you're rich or you yep. look rich right but you're still poor yep <laughs> man you see until until like until you start surrounding yourself um like I, so for example i, I paid twenty five thousand dollars to go to this real estate mastermind and in there some of the guys and gals right they do a lot of deals they own a lot of rentals but exactly what tut just said dude and i did i would never know this tut if i wasn't in the group because when That's you're right. in it the goal is everyone to be transparent right, That's right. so yes there are still ego flying around over but, yeah, but the goal is to be transparent so that way the group can help you out. Right. And I got to tell you one thing. If I wasn't in this mastermind, I would have been the guy, right, with the ego, 
I want to chase the number of deals. Like I wasn't even focused on profit anymore. No. It's insane yeah. because you want to go around. You want to be able to flex and say, I own a hundred. I own 200 because you're now I'm like, oh, well, that guy and gal own 200 or 500 rentals. What the heck? I only own 10, That's but, right. but you just don't know. Your 10 could be more profitable than their yes. 100. Because they don't they leverage. Own, because when you do syndication, there's a lot of fee to go along with syndication. Because I know I've done syndication. I did I did deal one 100 unit apartment, and that's gonna be my last one. I'm done with it because it's just way too much headache. Okay. I would rather have someone like you, Kong, that where you are wholesale making a ton of money and then find off market deal that needs some work, rehab it add value force value and then keep it by yourself you own 100 percent of it and you do 10 20 30 of those you have more peace of mind you have more net profit and you don't have to report and babysit no fucking investor <laughs> and you guys let me tell you okay that one and a half hours that i spent with todd walking on the beach and and listening to his business plan and like and everything that he is going down and how simple he keep his life is yeah. until you go through the pain you yeah. will never understand so when i when i when i look back when i went through that pain where i'm almost lost everything and Tati just said dude i keep it simple yeah. peace of mind and i tell you bro there's no price to that peace of mind being able to go to sleep wake up and, and knowing that you own so that's why my wife and i we went after the conversation we went back and, and she was like that's exactly what I want my business model to be, Kong. I don't want to own a bunch. Of, I, I want to own them, pay them off, right? Yeah. Have that peace of mind, getting that passive income coming in, and just, just being able to, you know, it all comes down to, once again, it's profitability. Most of the people you're going to see on stage at all these seminars are all younger guys and guys who is all there to try to beat the other guy who had more doors. And... They constantly on the treadmill running faster on raising more capital to own more doors. So they can tell, they can go on to the next seminar and say, we own a thousand doors, right? I was, I was at an event and someone mentioned they had a couple thousand doors and they broke down that they own something like 20% of these doors. And they, they are in the middle of selling a bunch of them because they realize where they own a lot of these property are in area that are very high maintenance tenants mm. and the appreciation isn't that great, but the cash flow is decent, mm. but they want to get out of those area because the appreciation is not that great. And the tenant are so, so hard on their property. They want to move those into better area. So that's to show you again, why these people own thousand thousand doors especially the young, they go raise money and they go into area down south and buy property that has it's 30, 40, 50, $60,000 a door. But the problem is they have very little appreciation. My property, I can buy a property in Seattle a year later, it doubles, right? That's how powerful Seattle is because it's just a good strong market. So I'm not interested on in going out there and just get cash flow only. I want appreciation and cash flow. Woo. Now, how can, how can people look for a market like that and yes. and what do they need to buy the property at for it to actually make sense good point so right now you got to look at area where people this is again many opinion on this there's people that say go out there and buy property in area where the doors are cheap right 
Detroit, down south, right? The doors are cheaper. Since the doors cheaper, rent can't get any cheaper, so that's why the cash flow is better. But if you ask any one of those people that own property for a long time in those area, they get tired of the high maintenance tenant that's beating the shit out of their property, and the property hasn't appreciated as well as they wish they could have. So if wherever you guys and guys are living, most part that's not in that depressed area is good market. You know what I mean? I mean, the greatest Seattle, right? Where you live, Kong is good, right? Yep. Um, you know, most part in Texas are good. Even though like you go to Texas, Tampa, my friend bought rental property down in Tampa, you know, only, you know, all in like 350,000, but Tampa has a 22% appreciation in the last few years. So they're all good. So just don't buy in the cheap areas. I'm telling you guys. Okay. Now here's how I look at it. In a perfect world, you gotta buy. There's two types of property. You can buy property that's already a moving condition. The problem with that is you don't have any instant sweat equity. Mm. Or you buy a property that needs some work where you can add value and force value. For some of you guys don't know what that means, add value is the structure's already there and you're rehabbing it. Force value where, it's by, let's say you buy a two bedroom, one bath and the basement's unfinished, right? You finish the basement, you add two more bedrooms. We call that forcing square footage, forcing, forcing bedroom and bathroom. And if a lot of you guys that live in an area where you can change the garage into ADU, we call that forced value. So the key is you want to buy a fixed wrapper where you can add value and force value because you get a better chance having a lot of sweat equity. So in my opinion, if you buy a property, you add value, force value, say you buy a property for 300,000 and you add value force value, which is rehab and add more better value, let's say it costs you 150,000. So you're in it for 450, but you can sell that property for 30% higher. So purchase price and rehab should be 70% all in of the new ARV. Okay. But the ARV has to be a proper, we can add value and force value. So by the time you're done, you can have 30% equity. And that's the key because if you do that, the bank will give you 70% loan to value or 75% loan to value of the ARV. You will always get your down payment and rehab money back and you can finance the deal with basically no money in, but you still got 30% equity for the bank to give you the loan. You take that money, you repeat the process. That's what we call it, the true Burr model. And the true Thatch Burr model is 30% equity. You leave the equity in the deal, you take your down payment and your rehab money back out, you re repeat and repeat all over. You still make money wholesaling to keep the money coming through the front door, people, but go find deal where you can add value and force value. Buy in the area where you can have appreciation and cash flow. You do that, people, and stay on course for the next 10 to 20 years. You will have more money you can spend or save. And you have abundance, you have balance, you have peace of mind, and you have your time. As I turned 52 years old, Kong, I realized this. I have a higher understanding and have more value on time, peace of mind. And the most important thing is simplicity now. Man, you know, um, Ty, when, when I watch 
all your video, man. Here is how you know this guy's a freaking pro. He bought six, seven hundred thousand dollar old house, and he just knew what he can do. Like, okay, you gotta understand, like real estate investors, we know is we buy a property, all right? You go in, you renovate it, you fix it up. That's one thing. But man, to get to the next level, like cut, you already know he's been in the game for too long. He knew that he can buy the property, he tear that thing down, and then how he went into his subdivide and he built what seven or eight. Like that's when you know, man, you're at the next level, and um. Because a lot of investors that are new to the game, yeah, we won't be able to see these kind of deals unless you're hanging around with uh, someone like Pat that understands uh, and know exactly how to do that. And it takes time to get there. Mm -hmm. You can't crawl and expect to sprint overnight. I recommend that if you just start in real estate, learn how to find off-market deal that need work know how to evaluate and just wholesale the shit out of it don't bother even rehabbing it because it's going to distract you from finding more deal because the moment you find a deal you're going to flip and you're going to go in there and hire a team now you're not flipping you're babysitting the contractor you're babysitting the painter you're babysitting somebody and all you want to do is flip it to take cash if you can get 35 now or 55 in 90 days why not take the 35 now because all you want the cash anyways. Yep. But if you really find a deal that's really, really good to keep, then go ahead and rehab and learn how to rehab, babysit. Them. But at least it's worthwhile doing it. Mm. But don't go babysit a contractor just so you can do it, so you can flip the deal. You just throw away all that time. But if you're going to keep it, it's worth the headache and the time on building the team to rehab. Just rehab, just wholesale, take the cash, find deal. Because in the process of you out on the journey finding deal, you can understand zoning. You can understand what the mm. next level. When you play that for a while, then you understand the next level. And then the next level, it just come. Be patient. Enjoy the journey. Love it. So, Todd, um, I get this question asked all the time. And um, people that say, hey, I have 10, 20, 30,000. What should I start doing? A lot of them, a lot of them always ask me, Hey, I want to jump in. I want to buy some rental property. Yep. Um, what's your take on that? Yes. Now, again, it depends where you live in Seattle with $30,000, right? Even where Kong live, right? You're not, you don't even have enough for down payment. Okay. <laughs> However, if your area, the price point is low, like Tampa, for example, price point over there, a finished product. Let's call it 350. If you never own a property, you can put down three and a half percent. Three and a half percent of 300,000 is about 10 grand, right? And if you can actually find a duplex, a single family with three, four bedroom, or a duplex, triplex, fourplex, say you're gonna live in it, and then put down three and a half percent down in those market, and then you house hack. Mm. You rent the bedrooms or you rent the units. And if you did that, it should cover most of your mortgage so you don't have to pay anything, but you invested in a property with three and a half percent down. I did this here, Kong. You like this? Yeah. This is why I love real estate. If you had, if you had a hundred thousand dollar and you put it in stock, yep. hundred thousand, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollar stock. You had a hundred thousand, you put down 20% on a 500,000 house. So you have a 500,000 asset, not a hundred thousand dollar investment. Ooh, yes. If it doubles in 10 years, 
Yep. Now, stock go to 100,000, 200,000. But for real estate, it doubles in five, in 10 years. It double. It doesn't double in the 100,000. It doubles in the value you have. So that $500,000 real estate will double to a million dollars. So my $100,000, I will get 900,000 equity where the stock only give me 100,000 equity. This is why you want to own rental property, folks. <laughs> okay, man. So tight. I know your time is valuable and I know you teach people to do this, man. You're all over social media. Now, type for those that wants to follow you, how can they reach out uh, to you, man? Yeah. If you go to my Instagram handle, it's just my name, Thatch, T-H-A-C-H, and my last name is N-G-U-Y-E-N, just Thatch Win. And uh, Todd, I, I also know that you um, also have trainings for people that want to learn how to do this, right? So yep. where, because I get people ask me all the time, hey, Kong, you know, I, I want to buy rental property. Right, I, I want to get into building generation wealth, man. Dude, how can people get a hold of you, or where do they sign up if that's the case? If that's the route that they want to go, if you guys want to do that, in my the, there's a link in my bio in my Instagram, right, and uh, you can check that out. I'm gonna tell you this. My focus is to teach people how to own, accumulate the number of doors they need, and then get them paid off. I don't care how you go get your money. If you're investing in real estate, go learn from Kong how to wholesale and make a lot of fucking money through the front door. I call that earned income. Yep. Don't bother on flipping. Just stay single minded focused like a horse. It's going to find a lot of deal wholesale and make a lot of money. Then come to me. I will teach you how to park that money, how to find it where you can add value for buy and park the money. Get your seven door, get it paid off. You and your family and the next generation will be set for life. And the most important thing is, you can teach it to the next generation. Boom. That's worth even more. Woo. Once again, you guys, I mean, top man, I, this man talking about real, like there's no more real than this dude. All right. So once again, for those of you, if you want to get into uh, buying rental property, if, if, if you want to build generation wealth, all right, I highly recommend that you should go check Todd out, man. He keep it simple. And to me is that he, I've seen ton of his students gotten ton of results from it. So go check it out. But Todd, any last word that you want to say, man, because I do want to say thank you so much for taking your precious time to jump on and, and dropping some bomb for my audience, man. Yeah. Uh, I want to say this, you guys. On top of, I just don't preach about owning property. I'm 52 years old now, and I realize what wealth really means now. Mm. Wealth to me isn't about just owning rental. Wealth to me now, Kong, is own your mindset. Mm. Own your choices. Own your relationship with yourself, to your spouse, to your kids, to the people around you. Um, own your health. Own your well-being. Own your choices own your life so ultimately you can own your results so i'm about owning everything not just owning real estate and that's what you call true wealth you guys ain't no point making a lot of money and then you don't own relationship with your kids and your family to me that's a broke man walking around with money in his pocket driving driving expensive car but if you can own real estate own your money own your choice own your mindset own your responsibility then you are a true wealthy man, well-rounded. That's what I'm all about, being well-rounded. That's my wisdom for you guys today. 
Love it, top man. Very well said. Because I've seen a lot of entrepreneur newer going down that 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 whole route where they got so busy, they let the health go, their family goes, yeah. everything goes. The only thing that they got is that money. But then the money yeah. is worthless when everything else goes. So. Thank you so much Ty, for being on here, for dropping that bomb. Once again, you guys, if you haven't followed this man, gosh, damn it, go give him a follow because I'm telling you, if you want to get right rich, it's a level. But wealthy, my friend, is a whole different Hold level. On. Yep. Yeah. Ty, thank you so much for your time, man. Truly appreciate it. Take Peace care. Peace out, bro. everybody.